Welcome to Financial Advisors Save the Darndest Things. I'm your host, A.B. Ridgeway. If you're looking for faith-based financial advice that you can actually understand, then you have come to the right place. On this show, we demystify all the financial jargon that you may hear from your financial advisor. We leverage proven financial strategies, but use faith-based principles for guidance. And during this process, we pray for discernment that you can understand the things that work for you. This program is for the beginner. Those who want to learn about finances but doesn't have the time or willingness to go get a Master's of Business Administration in Finance or sit through an eight-hour online course just to figure out what a bond is. So if you're like the other millions of investors that wish they knew what their advisor was talking about, be prepared to be prepared. So sit back and relax, not if you're driving, as we get the show started. Hey B, cue the music. Let's make this happen. The moon shines bright. I wanna dance under the stars tonight. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is the second episode of a four-part series called How to Choose a Financial Advisor. The first part was called Types of Financial Advisors, where we broke down the difference between robo-advisors, online advisors, and traditional financial advisors. If you didn't listen to that show, you may want to go back and do so because today we will be talking about these services and how to choose them. But first, let's start off as always with the scripture of the day. First Peter's chapter four, verse 10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. See, we all have gifts and skills. And no matter if your skill is cleaning toilets or running a Fortune 500 company, the goal is to use that talent to serve humanity. Just as we encourage our clients to use portions of their assets to further a cause they are passionate about, whether it's animal rights, missionary work, or even financially backing food services for the less privileged, we encourage professionals to use their talent in the same fashion, using it to do God's work and serve. Our word of the day is going to be fee-only and fee-based. We have two today, maybe a special bonus, right? It's just hard to explain one without the other. So we're going to have two today, fee only and fee based. By the end of the podcast, you should be able to know what these terms mean and how you can use them to help you choose your advisor. Today, we're going to be talking about financial advisor services. Before we get into how to choose your financial advisor based on these services, let's go over a brief list of services that a financial advisor may talk to you about. First is goal planning. What is the purpose of this money? It could be to buy a house. It could be to fund long-term care, to take care of an elderly parent. It could be to send your child to school. Goals are important because if we don't know where we're going, we really don't know how to get there. Second is budget and cash flow. Where's your money and, and where is it going? And that's one of the biggest issues we see nowadays is that restaurants are taking money from clients. So whether it's a waiter or a DoorDash, a food service that brings it there where delivery service is $5 plus you're tipping the person, which can run you another five. So now you're spending $10 extra on every meal that you send. Maybe you do that seven days a week. That's $70 times four, that's almost $300 in convenience that we're spending every day. So a budget is not really about restricting your spending. 
it's about redirecting your spending in the right direction into the places you want to put it, right? Because every time we get a paycheck, we give. We give to our mortgage companies. We give them to the light companies, to the gas companies. We give to restaurants. We give to individuals, children, you know, parents, animals. We give all the time. But what a budget does is follows the dollar to make sure they go into the right direction and they're not lost. Next is investment advice. Are you taking too much risk in your portfolio or not taking it enough? I think that is an aspect we don't talk about that much. Because everybody wants to be financially secure, but nobody wants to take the risk to get there. And the, the phrase is, you don't get rewarded for the risk that you don't take. So some people need to keep up with inflation, which can average between 2 and 3%, depending, right? But they want to get into something super secure that's only yielding half a percent. That's not going to work, right? As we keep going, estate planning. Who is going to get what if something happens to you, God forbid? Estate planning is very important because it just sets up these alternatives to our main goals. You know, what if you don't make it to age 70? What's going to happen to the people who are left with your assets? Because they have to do something with it. Whether it's all in cash, whether it's um, a house, rental property, vehicles, boats, whatever it may be. They need to do something with it. And estate planning gives you the opportunity to guide what is done with your stuff when you're left and you have no control over what happens. Education planning. Hey, you have kids? Are you going back to school? How much debt will you be willing to incur? Or will you pay for it out of pocket? Or maybe is your employer going to pay a portion of your education? Is it going to go to a new career? Is it going to go to your current career? Are you going to go in state or are you going to go out of state? Are you eligible for maybe a scholarship, right? A grant, something. We need to figure those things out. Retirement planning. When do you want to retire? Do you want to retire at 55? Can you retire at 55, 65, 70? Are you going to work until you, you know, until you can't work anymore? Those are the type of questions that we answer and plan for. Your insurance, you know, is your estate covered? Is your spouse going to be covered in case something happens to you in, a, in an accident, God forbid? Right? Your employee benefits, are you taking care of your, uh, taking advantage of your medical, of your dental? Those things are very important. Career planning, is this going to be your career? Are you going to change jobs? Do you need to move your 401k from a previous job into this one? Are you going to invest into your company? Those are questions we need to answer as well. Debt assessment, do you have too many credit cards? Are you trying to cancel cards that you've had for 10 years and, and potentially destroy your credit? right? Are you paying them off? Do you have a high interest rate? What, what's going on there? We need to figure out where the money is going so we can run a good analysis on there and, and have more assets in your pocket as opposed to paying interest and, and, and fees. And there are other services, obviously, that an advisor may provide for their client. And everything is not going to be necessary on the first visit. You're not going to go down the list and say, all right, I met you for the first time. Here are my goals. Here's my budget. I want some investment advice, estate planning, educational planning, retirement planning, insurance, employees, career, you know, debt assessment. And if you can't provide that, then I'm going somewhere else. That's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair at all. But this is going to be an ongoing relationship. It may take you a year or two to get a full grasp of where you are. Even though the financial plan may be established with all the right documentation in a few months, 
it takes time for the plan to be implemented and see if it is even functional. So we can draft up this idea of where we're going to be, but life happens. I don't think any of the financial plans in 2019 had COVID-19 as one of the lines. During COVID-19, this is what your income may go down to. You know, you're going to stop doing this and this is how you're going to have to adjust your budget. doesn't happen. But everybody who had a financial advisor in 2019 leading into 2020 had their portfolio hopefully positioned in a way to absorb that hit and are in a better position now than those who did not have a financial advisor at that point. Now, let me give you an example. If you set a budget of $7,000 spending per month, but only spending $5,000, then that $2,000 may need to be reallocated to your investment slash savings accounts. On the other hand, if we plan for $7,000 and you're consistently going over you know, $10,000 per month, we may need to adjust our expectations a little bit. The key takeaway is that you can get a one-time financial plan if you're self-disciplined and execute that plan. But as most of us have found out, that life is dynamic. If someone passes or you win the lottery, your financial situation may change instantly. And it is always nice to know you have someone who is willing to help you make those changes as they happen, especially when we go through the different financial stages, such as the accumulation stage, pre-retirement stage, and retirement stage. Well, don't worry, we will have future episodes on these topics as well. But to tie this together with the different types of advisors, different advisors have different services. If you listen to our last show and you just need investment advice, you may be thinking about going with the robo-advisor. But remember, you get what you pay for. I like to consider myself a fiscal conservative, meaning that anything that I can do to cut costs and be more efficient with my money, I'm going to do it. And investing is no different. So if I was young and didn't have a lot of assets and my financial situation wasn't complex, I would probably go with the robo-advisor. Because in my life, I rarely go shopping without a coupon. Right? I'm the guy who will be the first one to Google JCPenney's coupons before walking into the store. Lord knows their Wi-Fi is not good in there. But on the flip side, I have no problem spending a greater amount to get what I need. See, my uncle used to say, if you cut corners, you'll have a circle and lose your square, meaning you might not get what you intended if you try to be cheap. If you're looking for holistic advice in a robo-advisor, you're just not going to get it. If you're stressed because your spouse just passed and bills are coming in from everywhere and you don't know what to do, a robo-advisor won't be there to comfort you. And how much does emotional support cost? That human touch. Even this podcast, you can read this information, but how good does it feel to hear human being something that you could relate to instead of a computer that is constantly tracking you to offer suggestions? Right? So what I want you to take away from this is this. It is great to trim some of the fat from the money you will spend for services, but some things you do need better quality. So if your only consideration is cost or fees, then a robo-advisor may be the way to go. But if you're looking for the other services we spoke about, you may be leaving more money on the table than you are saving. With that said, if you need holistic advice on your whole financial situation and not just what bond you can put your money into to get 2%, you'll need a real advisor. A good financial advisor will team up with other advisors, such as your lawyer, 
your accountant, and insurance agents to make sure that you're taking advantage of every service available that is applicable to you. Sometimes just this service alone could save you thousands of dollars as each advisor finds discounts and tax advantages for you and your situation. The final two types of advisors were online and traditional. The only difference is really a physical location, so I won't go into that too deeply. You know, online advisors may be in a call center type environment where a traditional may have their own office. I only want you to remember that don't knock virtual until you try it. We have experienced with COVID that now people are celebrating Christmas online when they used to only have four people at the Christmas party. Now they have 40. It may not be in person. It may not be in person, but they get to see people they haven't seen in years due to distance. The same with advisor. Your city or town may not have the advisor that's right for you. So online gives you a chance to meet an advisor that is in another state that is perfect for you. Now, location may not be a big deal, but how they get paid is. In our industry, there are two types of ways that an advisor gets paid. And now we're leading into those keywords of the day. Fee only and fee based. So fee only. A rudimentary definition of fee only is an advisor that only gets paid by the customer for his service and is not compensated by a third party through commissions from selling a product or through a kickback for a recommendation for a client to purchase a product. Now fee-based is when the advisor is compensated based on the products that they sell. Don't get me wrong, sometimes the products that they sell is at no cost to the client. For example, an advisor may be compensated by a commission for selling a $100,000 uh, fixed annuity policy but the client doesn't pay a fee, he is just compensated for making that referral. The goal of a fee-only advisor is to eliminate this conflict of interest. Is this advisor recommending this specific lawyer because he is a good fit or because he promised him $400 for the referral? Or is this mutual fund better for the long-term goal? Or does he get a $5,000 commission for the one he sold me instead of a $3,000 commission for the one that was equally as good? So, in good faith of this show, I know I threw a lot of terminology out to you right now. So I'm going to go back and I am going to review a little bit of it. The key takeaways here. Fee only, compensated for your services, not paid by commission. Fee base is strictly commission. Sometimes you'll have a hybrid, as I talked about on the other show, where some of the investments you can get into, um, they are based on the service. But most of the time we talk about fee base, we're talking about commission here. And that is the problem with a conflict of interest. Just because it exists doesn't mean that is going to be the case. That lawyer may be the best lawyer in town or that higher commissionable mutual fund may have better returns over a 10 year period. So it isn't always about the fees. So which one do you choose? I couldn't tell you why. Because if I was to recommend which one is better than the other, I will be creating the same thing I am trying to help you avoid, a conflict of interest. And you're asking me, how? Well, I own a fee-only advisory service. If I tell you that fee-only is better because they get paid only for the service they provide and have no third-party incentive for recommendations, then I'd benefit from that choice because you would be more willing to come to me. And that isn't right. This show is to provide information for clients so they can make the best decision for themselves. I can't do it for you. 
But as a financial advisor, I can give you the information you need so you can't tell anyone you didn't know. Because knowledge is power. See, my recommendation is to speak to both types of advisors and figure out what type works for you. If you just need a mutual fund, a fee-based advisor may be great. You pay one time, get a good product, and go on about your business. You don't have to pay $2,000 for someone to evaluate your finances and tells you to go buy the same fund. Fee only, in my opinion, are for clients that need someone they can trust. Someone who is willing to go to the estate lawyer's office and sit in on a meeting to make sure they have the proper verbiage in your will and power of attorney to safely transfer your assets. Fee-based don't necessarily need to do what is in your best interest. They just need to do what is suitable based on standards set up by the financial regulatory authorities. So my final thought is this. You want someone who's going to serve you and always act in a fiduciary capacity. That's that word again, fiduciary. Fee-only is all about services. Fee-based is about products. So I'll make it simple here. Fee-only is about service. Fee-based is about products. So if you just need a portfolio and trust they act in your best interest, then fee-based may be a good option. But if you are like 90% of my clientele, you want an advisor that's going to take your whole financial picture and use that to construct your investments and manage those financial aspects so your whole livelihood is not dependent on how the stock market did that day. Well, I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should be custom-made. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abridgewaywealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. At our firm, we practice what we preach. So if you need information or a better explanation of what you heard today, give us a call and we'll love to have a discussion on how we can serve you. I'm A.B. Ridgeway and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. A.B., cue the music. These people got places to go and things to do. I want to go where the moon shines bright. I want to dance under the stars tonight.